How's everybody doing today? Are you excited to be here? I am, and I want to take a moment real quick. If you were here for the first time, they welcome you. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the lead pastors here at Journey Church. It's just an honor and privilege to have you with us today here at Journey as a part of our service and that you've chosen on this weekend to come and worship with us. And we are jumping into a brand new series called Clickbait. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you in here have ever had that happen where you're on the internet and you're looking at something, whether it's Facebook, social media, whatever, and you think that you're going to click on something and it's going to take you to a video about how to be healthy or something like that. You click on it, it turns out to be something completely different. That ever happened to anybody before? That actually is called clickbait. They are baiting you into clicking something that turns out to be something you never imagined it would be. A lot of people get viruses on their computer. A lot of people get issues uh, with their computer because of clicking on those things. And here's what uh, I have come to realize is that the enemy does the very same thing to us as we go through life. He has all these things that he tries to convince us are great for our life, things like sin and unforgiveness and anger and greed and all these different things. And we grab a hold of that and it actually winds up bringing a lot of destruction, a lot of pain, a lot of issues within our relationships. And so this series I've been very excited about over the last couple months as we've been preparing for it and moving in this direction. And uh, I cannot wait to dive off in this today as we talk about one particular topic. But in the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about unforgiveness. We're going to talk about uh, just a lot of things that we deal with on a continual basis within our lives. Now, before I jump into this, I do want to take a moment and I want to invite you to come out to be a part of something this evening. If you've never taken step one of our growth track, my wife and I want to take a moment and personally invite you this evening at 5 o'clock to come hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, step one is our membership class. And a lot of people want to know, how do I uh, get into what's happening here at Journey? What do you guys believe? What's the vision here? And step one covers all of that. We're going to have a meal. We're going to have child care. So if you are available this evening at 5 o'clock, be here. Come and join us. We're going to have a blast as we talk about vision. So look at your neighbor today and say, let's dive off into this. And here's what we're going to do. Today we're going to actually talk about a topic that a lot of us deal with. In fact, I'm actually convinced that probably everybody has dealt with this at one time or another within their life. Today we're going to talk about the topic of fear. And fear takes on a lot of different faces. A lot of times when we think of fear, we just think of it in regards of, I'm really scared about something but fear actually takes on a lot of faces like maybe worry. How many of you in here have been worried about something before? Raise your hand way up high, okay? That actually is fear because it's fear of what if. And a lot of times the things we worry about, statistics show that 95% of the time those things we worry about never come to pass. But we expend a lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of emotion being fearful over those things. A lot of people uh, battle with the fear of rejection and they wonder, well, how can I overcome this? How can I make my way through this? And then there's a lot of people who just have fear of, of different things within their life. We call those things phobias that people deal with within their life. And so today, we're going to talk about this topic. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go at it in three different ways. The first thing is we're going to talk about what fear does to us. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we can actually, what are the steps to overcoming fear within our life. And then we're going to get very practical at the end of this, and we're going to take 
one of the types of fear that a lot of people battle with, and we're going to talk about a couple different ways that we can actually overcome that within our life. And we can overcome the lies of the enemy, the things that he cons us into believing, so that we can walk in the purpose and freedom that God really has for our life. So today, let's do this. Let's talk a little bit about what fear actually does to us as we walk through life. Because there's three things that are pretty prominent, three things that we see very common within our lives that a lot of times I believe we just kind of gloss over and we say, you know what, that's normal, that's a part of life. And the first one is this, is that whenever we have fear in our life, if you're not careful, it actually can consume a lot of your mindset, a lot of your energy, a lot of your time because fear consumes. This becomes all you can think about. Have you ever had that happen where you've worried about something or you've thought about something so much that it's on your mind constantly? Well, that is actually fear consuming that part of your life. And you are spending a tremendous amount of your day uh, through your thoughts, through your energy, through your emotion and all of this. And I can actually prove to you that fear can consume so much of a part of our life and we don't even realize that it's there. Here's what it looks like. Okay, random question for you. And be honest, you are in church. How many of you in this room are afraid of sharks? Raise your hand way up high. Anybody, you're afraid of sharks. Okay, just random question. Okay, now hold on. Now, a lot of people like went like that, okay? <laughs> Do this for me because I really need to see. How many of you would say, you know what, Pastor Jay, when it comes down to it and you think about sharks, I'm not talking about Shark Week and seeing them on TV and stuff, but if I'm going to the beach and I realize and recognize that you know, what I've seen on social media and the shark attacks and this, that, and the other. Got to be honest with you, I'm a little afraid of sharks. Raise your hand way up high, okay? All right, do this. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Everybody turn around. Look around, okay? You are not afraid of sharks all by yourself, okay? Now, put your hands down. A couple more questions for you. How many of you in this room have ever been bitten by a shark? Raise your hand. Okay? No, I'm not raising. I'm, I'm an example, okay? I was, I, I've never been bit by a shark, all right? Want to make that clear, all right? So none of you have ever been bitten by a shark. How many of you have ever had an up-close personal experience with a shark where there was the possibility that it could have bitten you? Anybody? Anybody? A couple of you? Okay. Okay. I know in each service we've had a few people, but uh, like, were you like fishing? If you were fishing and caught the fish, you can't really count that, Okay. But if like you were close and like you were in the water swimming and it like came up and said like, hey, what's up? Okay. A couple of you. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Everybody in this room a few minute, minutes ago, predominantly everybody raised their hand and said, I'm afraid of sharks. But nobody's ever been bit by a shark. Okay. But yet we see on social media, we hear of all the shark attacks, all these different things. And we're afraid of sharks. But do you realize that statistically, barnyard animals cause more deaths every year than, than sharks do, okay? Now, how many of you in here are afraid of pigs? Raise your hand way up high. Okay. One of you, okay. How many of you are afraid of cows? Anybody afraid of cows? Okay. Chick-fil-A, you know, praise the Lord for that. All right. All right. Let's go. After this service, let's go get some Chick-fil-A, right? Sunday, can't do it. All right. Here's the thing, so many times we're afraid of things. We think about that. And I guarantee you that predominantly when you go to the beach, when you go to go into the water, a lot of times you hear the Jaws theme music in the back of your mind, right? Okay, and you think about that. Why is that, Pastor Jake? Well, I believe it's because fear consumes. It grabs a hold of our mind 
And a lot of times it consumes us. It's all that we can think about. In fact, Psalms 13, 2 actually talks about this. The writer says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And here's the question that I would have for you today. How long are you going to allow the enemy to have triumph over you by keeping fear as a part of your life? It's so many times we just grab a hold of fear and we say, you know what, this is part of life. This is something I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life. So I might as well just accept it, embrace it as a part of who I am. Because fear can consume your mindset. Here's another thing, is that fear actually can cloud your mindset. Here's what that looks like. It begins to change your perspective on things. That fear begins to get into your mind and what is not a reality slowly over the course of time can become a reality to you. In other words, whatever it is that the enemy is lying to you about, you become fully convinced that it is real. It's a reality because your judgment becomes clouded in that moment. It's kind of like this. Whenever I was 12 years old, and I remember this vividly, I've actually used this as an illustration a couple times, because every time I think of fear, this is the story that pops into my mind. We actually, when I was 12 years old, we lived way out in the country in Dry Prong, you guys, and most of y'all know where I'm from, and uh, we had a, only a couple TV stations that we would watch, and one of those TV stations, they had a show that would come on after my parents would go to bed, I don't know, it was like 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And whenever I was 12 years old, a lot of times I would stay up, you know, after my parents had gone to bed. And my mom told me, said, you are not allowed to watch this TV program. Some of y'all might remember it, Tales from the Crypt. Anybody remember that? Okay, how many of y'all said, I watched that program? Okay, y'all remember the Crypt Keeper? You know, that dude was creepy, all right? So here's the deal. My mom told me, said, you're not allowed to watch that program. So quite naturally, after they went to bed, I watched Tales from the Crypt, Okay. And I remember this one night that I watched that program and this girl had this thing living underneath her bed. All I know is it had claws and scaly hands, okay? And she put up with it, she tolerated it, she knew it was there, but she tolerated it. And one night, whenever she got up from her bed or was going to her bed, that thing grabbed a hold of her feet it pulled her under the bed, and that was the end of the program, okay? Now, we don't know what happened, you know. I'm assuming it ate her, all right? But that night, as a 12-year-old boy, I was terrified. And whenever I went to bed, everybody was already asleep. It was dark in the house. I turned off the TV, and I go to go into my bedroom. Did I mention I'm from Dry Prong? If there's any monsters to call the cops, you know, they're going to take forever to get there, all right? Uh, our cop and the, the local cop, his name was Booger, and uh, <laughs> that's a true story, okay? True story right there. But it would take him forever to get there. And I remember walking in my bedroom and looking across the bedroom at my bed and doing this. Anybody ever been there before? Just to make sure that there's nothing underneath the bed. Why? Because fear can cloud your mindset. Fear can consume your mind. I'm not lying to you. That night as a 12-year-old boy, this is how I got into my bed. <laughs> now, I want you to be honest with me. How many of you have ever done that before, at least one time in your life, okay? All right. Doug, thank you. Police officer right there, tough guy. He's done it before. Thank you. It makes me feel good. Okay. Here's the reason why 
that's so big is because fear consumes. It clouds. It gets a hold of your mind. And it begins to make you think that things that are not are. You begin to think that things are really real when they're not. So we have to be careful. We've got to be able to overcome this. And as we look into Scripture, this is how it actually can judge, uh, cloud our judgment in such a powerful way. In John chapter 12, there's a, there's a portion here of Jesus' ministry. And it's talking about the people. It's talking about the religious leaders in the land at that time. And it says this. It says, yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. It's talking about Jesus. In other words, they recognized and realized that what Jesus was doing was powerful, and they believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they could, would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. In other words, here's these people who believed in Jesus, but because of fear, they possibly forfeited their eternal destiny. Fear will consume your mindset. Fear will cloud your judgment. And it will cause you to make bad decisions. And if you're anything like me, because of fear in my life, there are times that I have made poor decisions. And so we have to be able to overcome the lies that the enemy feeds us so that we can walk in the truth of what God really has for our life. Here's the last thing, and then we're going to talk about how we can overcome fears that if you're not careful, fear can control your life. You see, fear actually affects us mentally. It affects us spiritually. It affects us physically. You might say, well, how does fear affect me physically, Pastor Jay? Think of it like this. Have you ever stayed up all night before thinking about something, worrying about something, being fearful of something? You can't sleep because it's on your mind and it's consumed your mind. Think of it like this. Has your blood pressure ever skyrocketed because you're fearful of something? That's how fear controls us. In fact, most people know 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where it talks about, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. In other words, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. What he has placed within us is the ability to be led by the Holy Spirit, the ability to walk in his love, the ability to have his type of discipline within our life, and the ability to walk in his boldness. And so how can we come to that place? Well, three things that I'm going to share with you today. We talked about three things that the fear does and brings against you. Well, here's three ways that you can actually overcome fear. And the first thing is this. You've got to be willing, number one, to admit that you have fear. You've got to be able to be willing to admit that there's a problem in your life if you're going to be able to overcome the problem in your life. And here's the problem with a lot of guys. Listen to me closely, guys. A lot of guys are not willing to admit that they have fear in their life, that they battle with it. And the reason why is because to do so would actually admit that they have weakness within their life. And guys, we don't like admitting that we're weak, am I right? Don't shout me down on that one, but it's true, all right? We don't like admitting that we're weak. But if we're ever going to be able to overcome, and we're ever going to be able to get rid of the deal with the fear in our life, we're going to have to admit that it's there. The first step is admitting and recognizing that fears do exist. And here's the next thing, is re repenting of them. Asking God for his forgiveness. You see, here's what it is. Whenever you have fear and operation in your life, whether it's rejection, whether it's worry, whether it's being scared of something, or, or, or maybe fear of failure, things of that nature, when we are operating in that, basically what it is, it's the opposite of faith. 
It's trusting what the enemy is telling you instead of what God tells you through his word. And so what we need to do is we need to repent. We need to ask God to forgive us. And as we admit that to him, we repent of that. We are admitting to God that we have weaknesses and insecurities that only he can help us overcome in our life. Here's the next step. We have to, first of all, admit we have fear. The next thing is we've got to learn to convert fear into faith. In other words, we want to be able to take what the enemy is telling us and say, you know what? No, I don't believe that. I'm going to turn that into faith, and I'm going to trust what God is telling me instead of what you're telling me. So how do we do that? How do we convert fear into faith? Well, here's how we do it. We do it through the Word of God. You may not realize this, but we need to be willing and able as a body of Christ to take this and invest this into our life and into our heart. There's a lot of things that we pour our lives into, a lot of things that we invest our life into, hobbies, relationships, things, toys, and none of that stuff is bad unless we allow it to begin to take over our life. But so many times we invest our life full force into those things, and six months, a year down the road, those things aren't even part of our life anymore. But guess what? As we invest this into our life, this is something that will be with us for all of eternity. This is something that will impact us and affect us for all of eternity. So what does that look like to convert fear into faith? It looks like this. Maybe you're not feeling so well and the enemy comes and says, oh, you're sick, you're diseased, you're whatever. And you can say, well, no, according to what the word of God tells me, God is my healer. God is the one through what Jesus did for me at the cross. I am healed in my body, my mind, and my spirit. The enemy comes and maybe tells you some things about rejection. Oh, you'll never be able to overcome that. You'll never be able to deal with that. And if you've got the word in your heart, you can say, well, no, no. The word of God tells me that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And so it's important that we take the word and we put it in our heart so that we can grow and we can be able to overcome the different tactics and tricks of the enemy. As a church, there's some different resources that we make available to you to help you with this. One of those is the little devotional books that we pass out quarterly, the little word for you today. Great little resource to be able to take and have a devotion every day. Another resource is my wife actually has through Journey Girl, she writes a, a weekly motivation for the ladies that she, it's posted on Wednesdays. Ladies, you can sign up, uh, go to the Journey Girl's Facebook page and, and click like. And you will get that weekly motivation that is a great devotional, great way to be able to lift you up. Uh, and here's another great resource I would tell you. Join a life group. Next Sunday is Life Group Sunday. And you can find that life group where you can be able to get involved and connected and develop other relationships with other believers that will encourage you and build you up. Uh, as a church, we want to be able to offer you the resources to be able to help you grow in your relationship with God. You've got to be able to convert fear into faith. And then here's the next thing. You get number three, you got to stay focused on today. And the reason why is because as you begin to experience victory, you begin to understand like, hey, I'm doing great in this area. I used to worry all the time. There was a lot of anxiety. I used to face rejection, all these different things. And now I'm doing so much better in that area. You have to understand that the enemy is very smart. And so what he'll do in another direction is a lot of times when you start having victory, he's going to come at you in another direction. What he often does is he will begin to remind you of your past, the different failures that you've had, because what he wants you to do is to forfeit the future that God has for you. He wants you to walk away from the victory and the relationship that God has for you. He wants to make you nervous about your future. He wants you to worry 
about your future. It's kind of like this. I, you guys know that I love telling Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes, right? Well, I heard a story of Boudreaux got a call from his doctor. He said, Boudreaux, you need to come on down here and see me. I got some news for you. Boudreaux, he got in his pickup truck. He headed on down to Doc's office. He got there, walked up in his office. He sat him down and he said, Boudreaux, I got good news and I got the bad news for you. He said, well, Doc, let's have the good news. He said, the good news is all them tests we run on you a few days ago, you only got 24 hours left to live. Boudreaux said, Doc, what, what in the world? That's the good news? He said, what's the bad news? He said, well, I tried to get a hold of you yesterday and I couldn't get you. So talk, talk about no future, huh? Well, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take fear. And he wants to cause us to worry about the future. He wants to tell us things like there is no future for your life. God can never use you. God can never do anything through your life. And here's what you need to understand as you begin having victory in your life. Stay focused on what God is doing in you. Stay focused on putting the word of God in your heart. Stay focused on walking out that victory that God has for your life. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Quit being led by your emotions. Quit being led by the things that this world tells you. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And here's what we're going to do. So we've talked about what fear does. We've talked about practical ways to be able to overcome fear. But let's take one fear that is a common fear. A lot of people battle with this in their life. And let's talk about how we can actually overcome this within our lives. And here's what it is. Let's talk about the fear of rejection. A lot of people battle this. A lot of people deal with this. And here's what happens. So many times because of the fear of rejection, we go to great lengths to try to gain people's approval for our life. We do all these things. We jump through all of these hoops. We're always worried what other people think about us. In fact, Proverbs, it describes it this way. Proverbs 29, 25, it says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Basically what the writer is telling us, when you have the mindset of you're always trying to please everybody and you're fearful of what everybody else thinks of you, it's like a snare on your life. It'll choke the life right out of you. And so... Here's what I want to do. I think that probably in this room, there's a lot of us that have probably have made some bad decisions trying to please other people, do things, jumping through all these hoops to try to be accepted by other people. But let's talk about a couple things that we can do so that we can actually overcome these things where we're not trying to spend our whole life time trying to impress the people all around us. So what do we do? If we're going to break out of the fear of rejection, how do we do that? And here's the first thing. Very practical, very easy to say, but a lot harder to do. Here's what it is. First thing is this. You've got to be willing to say no to pleasing people. Everybody say no. Look at your neighbor. Say no. Now look at the person on the other side. Your second choice. Say no to them. How was that? Felt pretty good. We are having some technical difficulties. I don't know what it is. But uh, we will get it worked out. All right. Uh, we actually have had some technical difficulties today with the lighting uh, because the guy who handles that, Brennan, he's actually not here today. He's, he's at the hospital right now. He and his wife had a baby. How you like that? Uh, and so it would be the sun. It's going to give him a good hand clap. Come on. It would be the Sunday that he's not here. We're having technical difficulties, though. But we got a good team working on it, getting it all figured out. So 
Here's the thing. we got to be willing to say no. We're going to have a lot of opportunities to cave into what other people want us to do. But it's okay to say what? It's okay to say no. In fact, you go into Scripture and what Isaiah 51 talks to us about is so many times we are fearful about what other people think of us. And Isaiah says it like this. He says, who are you that you fear mere mortals? Human beings who are but grass. That you forget the Lord your maker who stretches out the heavens and who lays out the foundations of the earth. And basically this is what he's saying. You're so worried trying to please everybody else and you're so fearful about what everybody else thinks of you that you have forgot all about pleasing God and pursuing the heart of God. So here's what I'm going to tell you. It is okay to say no. So many times we jump through all these hoops. We're trying to do all this stuff to make all these people happy. A lot of times we can't make people happy. Am I right? Now, get this. I'm not telling you to go out of here and be rude to people, okay? Don't be out of here. Don't go out of here and be like, no, let me tell you what Pastor Jay said. Uh-huh. No, no. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to leave out of here. But let's face it. Some of us, we're addicted to pleasing people. We find our self-worth in the approval of other people. And some people, no matter how hard you try, they're never going to give you the approval that you crave so bad. So it's okay to put boundaries in place. It's okay that some relationships, that they're toxic, sometimes it's okay not only to put boundaries in place, sometimes it's okay to walk away from relationships if that's what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Okay? You need to understand that the great lengths that you are going to to make people happy, that it is okay to say no to pleasing people. And here's the other side of that, that we've got to be at the place where we, we can say yes to pleasing God. Everybody say yes. yes. You said no, now we're going to say yes. And who are we saying yes to? We're saying yes to pleasing God. We're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're going to make a difference in this world for God. We're going to do the things that he leads us to do. And you look at the life of Jesus to see this. Because why was Jesus so successful in his ministry? Why was he so successful while he was here on this earth? Well, Pastor Jay, he, he was the son of God. Well, okay, that's one answer. But he was so successful because he wasn't worried about what everybody else was thinking about him. He was worried about who? His father. You see this in Scripture. In fact, John chapter 5, verse 30, he says this, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus recognized that the one he needed to please, the acceptance that he needed, was in his heavenly Father. And as the body of Christ, we've got to get back to pleasing God, pleasing the heart of God, pursuing the heart of God. And quit jumping through all these hoops that frustrate us, exhaust us, bring us to the place where we're just wiped out. Because we are so fearful that somebody might reject us. It is okay to say no to pleasing people. And it is okay to say yes to pleasing God. But let me show you what that looks like. Uh, some years ago, whenever we were actually in the process of talking about this property that you're sitting on right now. I remember meeting with the board of directors and, and talking about vision, talking about direction, talking about planning a brand new church here in the city of Central and the board of directors, we came together and we took a period of time and we prayed and we fasted. We talked to the overseers for the church and everybody was in the same direction. Let, let's move forward. Let's do this. 
It's going to be great to be able to to reach new families. It's going to be great to be able to to see families transform, to see people come to Christ. Because we know that God has called us uh, to reach this community here in this area. And so we presented that vision and plan to the church. Everybody was all excited. And I remember as I'm leaving out, a guy came up to me and he said, Pastor, can I talk to you for a second? I said, sure thing. He said, I, I want to tell you this, you know, planting a new church out in Central and, and purchasing this property and building a new building. He said, I just want to tell you my thought on that. And I said, yeah. I said, what's up? And he said, I think that's the stupidest thing in the world. And I said something to the effect of, because you know, there are people all around, and I'm a pastor. Uh, I said something to the effect of, you know, okay, well, you know, Lord bless you. But on the inside, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> And I remember walking away from that moment, even though that there were other people all around, excited, fired up, can't wait to move into this community and do what God has called us to do. That, that got a hold of me. That affected me. I remember we were driving home, and I'm in the car, and I'm just kind of, you know, grumbling. And my wife says this. She says, you need, you need to shake this off. You need to shake it off. It, it, you know, everybody's in unity. Everybody's excited about this. You're going to listen to this one guy. And I said, you're right. I need to shake it off. But guess what? I didn't. Held on to it for a few days. And eventually, I finally said, you know what, Lord? I'm not going to listen to the voice of fear. I'm going to listen to the voice of faith. I'm going to trust you. And I know that the people who are speaking into, into this direction, into this vision, we've all come together in unity. We fast and we pray. We're going to go with faith and not fear. And i got to tell you something. Here we are on this Sunday morning, three services later. Everybody look around, smile at the people all around you. i got to tell you what, I am so glad that I listen to faith instead of fear. Because as a result, we've watched over the last 11 years, hundreds and thousands of people come through Journey Church. Lives changed, people healed, marriages made whole. We've made great friends here. Because the Lord has a vision for our church. And we listen to faith instead of fear. Amen? Now, i got to tell you something. Faith was speaking again the other day. You know, I told y'all last Sunday, if you were here, we talked about the new campus in Watson last Sunday. I showed y'all the rendering of what it's going to look like. If you want to see what it's going to look like, you can actually go out. Uh, there's a table out in the foyer where if you want to be a part of the launch team, you can sign up to be a part of the launch team, and we're going to start having interest meetings. But uh, it's pretty cool. And Faith started speaking again this week. I'll tell you, I, I had not been in the new building that we purchased back in May, uh, probably since May. We've driven by, we've been praying, but I have not been in there. Mr. Johnny Burson, who is in charge of the construction, uh, he told me the other day in the office, he said, you know, the demo is just about complete. You guys need to come by and look at it. And when Stacy and I walked in that building the other day, man, that faith began to stir again as to what God has called us to do within the community of Watson. So here's what I wanted to do. I had the team put together a video to show you guys what's going on over there. And uh, you get a firsthand look at the building since they've done the demo. So check this out. If you guys got that video queued up, y'all go ahead and play it. 
Hey everybody, Stacy and I are so excited to welcome you to our brand new campus here in Watson. We want to ask you to join us in prayer as we plan to reach this community for Jesus. Whether you are new to Journey Church or you've been a part of Journey from the beginning or for several years, uh, this is our next chapter here at Journey. You know, our vision is that uh, that people come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life, that we grow together, that we serve people wherever we are. And God has done so many things over the last 11 years at Journey Church. And here in Watson, we want to be able to make a difference. There's a lot of great families in this community. We actually moved our family into the Watson community about four years ago, and we've watched God do so many things. There's a lot of families in this community even right now that are part of Journey Church. And so what you may not have realized is over the last several years, we've been looking for property to build a facility in this community, but little did we know that God would have this 9,000 square foot facility and four acres of property for us. And when we secured it several months ago, we began the process of renovating the entire property. So we are excited what God has in store for us, and we are so excited about all the families that we are going to be able to reach with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to ask you to partner with us as we prepare to reach this community come spring of 2020. It is going to be awesome. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? I Here's what I'm going to tell you. Listen to faith. Don't listen to fear. The enemy will try to derail what God wants to do through your life every single time. And here's what happens. Stacy and I, we got in the truck the other day, and I was like a kid uh, at Christmas time. I'm you know. The reason why is because I can see the families that God wants to reach in that community. I can see the marriages that God wants to heal in that community. And here's the cool part. We actually already have quite a few families here from Watson. How many of you in here say, you know what? Watson's my home. Raise your hand. Wave up. Okay. All right, put your hands up. Now, let me say this. When I say Watson, I'm not talking about Denim. You got Denim people, you got Watson people, okay? How many of you are from the 06? You from Watson, okay? All right. And then how many of y'all say, okay, Denim Springs is my home? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of y'all from Central? Central, yep, vast majority in every service has been Central. How many of y'all from Walker? Got any Walker people up in here? Okay. Uh, all right. Anybody from Baton Rouge? Got any Lafayette people up in here? Uh, just a random question, random. <laughs> The reason why I asked that, because I had a girl coming to, after the first service, she came and she said, well, you were asking, she said, uh, my husband and I are from Cuba. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I wasn't planning on asking about Cuba. But uh, she said that her husband's in the military, and when they're, and when they're home, this, they come to church here. And I'm like, well, that is so cool. And so uh, here's the cool part. People from all over, we've already got quite a few families in the Watson area. So if you are interested and being a part of the launch team that we're, spring of 2020, we're going to launch this new campus. If you're interested in being a part of the launch team, go out to the table in the foyer. They've got some information out there. You can sign up to be a part of the interest meetings that are coming up. And then I know everybody is curious about, what's up with this little card, Pastor Jay? Uh, take this card out. Pull it out. Some of y'all actually were, were looking at it earlier. You, you were getting ahead of me, and you were checking this card out, which is cool. But here's what we're going to do. We actually, uh, that building... Uh, we did not rent it. We did not lease it. We bought it, okay? Lock, stock, and barrel. It is bought. It is paid for. And uh, here's what's going on. We are actually going to ask you and your family to come alongside with the renovation cost and to help with that. Uh, it's moving ahead. We are not, you know, dragging our feet and saying, you know, as the dollars come in, we're going to do this. No, no. We're going to move ahead and go ahead. And hopefully, if all goes well, by the end of the year, the building will be done. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to hassle you. I'm not going to ding-dong you guys for money. Y'all, If you've been coming to Journey any length of time, you know that about us here. 
but here's how you can participate. We actually put together a campaign called One for Watson, asking everybody to be a part of this and to donate $1 a day for one year. And here's what that looks like. Stacy and I are participating in this. And for our family, for her and I, we're going to give uh, $365 each, which comes out to, uh, what, what did I say, 700 and my math, math teacher? 730, okay. All right, got a math teacher right here. I'm getting nervous now. But uh, $730 for her and I to give one of three ways, either one time or monthly or weekly. There's information on here how you can go. There's a QR code on the back. Uh, and what we're asking everybody to do, we are not taking an offering today at all. We, I'm asking you to take this home during this week of prayer to pray and ask how your family would participate. Uh, if the 365 works for you, the one for Watson program works for you. If you want to give less, you want to give more, whatever the Lord leads you to do, to take this card, tear it off, and you can drop it at the Welcome Center in the next few days, next few weeks, or drop it in the offering plate, and then you take it from there. We are just trusting the Lord in this, and we're trusting you guys, because one thing I'll say about this church, you are always generous in what the Lord has for you. Now, here's where I'm going to take you. Listen to faith. Don't listen to fear. Amen? God wants to use you to make a tremendous difference in this world. Quit listening to the lies that the enemy is feeding you. Overcome that rejection. Overcome that worry. Overcome that fear. And watch what God wants to do through your life. Amen? Let's all stand up. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. And as we dismiss this service here in a little bit, there's some of you in this room you raised your hand to give your heart to Jesus earlier in this service. And our prayer team, after we dismiss, is going to be here in the front in the altar area. I want you to take a few moments of your time and come and meet with one of them. Let them encourage you and pray with you. And church family, if you need prayer for anything, our prayer team is always here to pray with you and encourage you. So let me pray over you as we leave out. Father, we love you. You're good to us. And Father, I thank you that you've called us to live in freedom. And Father, we're going to reject the lies of the enemy, that we have to live in fear and rejection and worry and anxiety and stress. Father, we reject that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we receive exactly what you have given us. That is victory and freedom because of the cross. And Father, if today as we leave out, I thank you here that you will use us in a powerful way to be able to reach this world, Lord God, to live out the purpose and the plan that you have for all of us, Lord. We love you so much today, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Amen. Amen. As you leave out, don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Love you. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.